Hello and welcome to the Now on Air podcast. I'm Red. And I'm Park. <laughs> no, I actually know uh, I'm, I'm Mima. I'm not Park, I'm Mima. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you're still Mima. <laughs> We are both Japanese music enthusiasts. Some would say Japanese music lovers. Uh, uh, I'm actually from Europe. And I'm from Brazil. And we wanted to create a space to talk about Japanese music together, which is why this podcast was born.、Mm-hmm. Mima, are you nervous? Yeah, very, very nervous. <laughs> oh, but I thought you kind of did something like this before. I've done podcasts before, but it's very badly, so I don't really call this experience. Also, it's my first podcast in English. Like, it's not my first language. Oh, okay. So, yes. I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> We are on the same boat, so like everyone who's listening, just know that that we are actually not not exactly experienced in podcasts. So please be patient with us. We are here just to have fun. Yeah. And I guess to introduce a lot of artists that we love or we found interesting along the way. So、uh, please tell us what are we going to talk about today? Okay, today. We're gonna focus on a band that's special to both of us and the reason we even met. So I hope you're prepared because the Akai Koen and Tsuno Maisei special is now on air! Red! Hey, Red, you're supposed to say this together with me. Now on air, remember?、Uh, okay, so let's do it again. Yes? <sighs>、uh, Alright, alright then. Akai Koen and Tsunomai Say Special is now on air! Air, 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 air. Whatever, let's get on with it. First of all, who is Akai Koen? Akai Koen is a band from Tachikawa, Tokyo, and their name actually means Red Park in English. They're a rock band, but they mix so many genres and styles, it's difficult to just put them into one category, so they're often considered like a genreless band. A Japanese friend of mine, Ando san, who loves Akai Koen, Once said, Akai Koen is too pop to be rock and too rock to be pop. And I think this describes them pretty well.、Mm, I, I can see that. Like, I, for a long time, when I knew them, I thought that there might be a bit difficult band to get into, but once you do, you can't get out of, <laughs> if that makes sense. You can't leave like Hodo, California, right? I guess. <laughs> I, I guess that's a good comparison. Thank you. <laughs> No problem. So, the band was formed in 2010 by the drummer Utagawa Nao and bassist Fujimoto Hikari. And in 2011, just one year after being formed, they were invited to Canada to play at Next Music from Tokyo, a very famous festival, I should say, 
with Japanese bands. And at this point, they released only like one in this single and one in this mini album. That's it. So it's really great achievement for them to be recognized like this outside Japan. Yeah, and actually, there's an interview from that time. They said something like not being sure if they should take CDs to Canada because they were like afraid that people would upload the, their music to internet because people from outside Japan sometimes do that very quickly. Apparently, that's uh, that's sad, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, so they, they didn't take anything to Canada at the time, but they regretted it after. That's very interesting to me. Mm. Then in 2012, they had their major debut with two mini albums released very close to each other. And just one year later, they released a full album. So their career was really growing rapidly. And also in 2014, their album Moretu Ritomiku, Moretu Rhythmics, as it's known in English, it won the prize for Outstanding Album, which is pretty amazing, actually. The album is pretty amazing, so... Mm, and it was, you could say it was their breakthrough kind of album with their biggest hit to date, I guess, now on air. I think so. Which is the name of this podcast? Okay. <laughs> anyway... So they were going uh, as a band, but something happened. Three years later, their vocalist left the band on 2017. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy to think about it. Uh, the singer, Chucky, she was 24 at the time, playing in a very successful, you could say, band. Maybe not super popular, but definitely successful band, so... Yeah, it was pretty crazy, I think, to the band, to the fans, and to herself. You know, but then uh, at the time the band uh, went on as three people for some time, which is pretty crazy. They didn't go on as a an instrumental band. It was actually all of them would sing one at a time, and they would just change the instruments all the time. It was pretty crazy. I mean, so I heard because I wasn't in Japan and I couldn't see it. Mm. So it took them almost a year. But in 2018, they announced a new vocalist. And very surprisingly, it was an 18-year-old at the time, uh, former idol. Yeah, it's very unusual, right? And for the record, uh, the other members were almost 10 years older than her. So it was a very interesting choice. Right, and she was a student in high school. Yeah. Also, I think uh, the band said something about it being something unheard of. A rock band suddenly has a, a new vocalist who used it to be an idol. Really, I haven't seen this happen in Japanese music ever. Mm, that's also a good point. Like, changing vocalist is a hard task in itself. Yes. Like, the only band I could remember it being high and mighty color, but they didn't survive for a long after changing. That's right. It was very hard, but... I think they overcame it, right? Right, they really did. Uh, it was really surprising to me how much they did because I think, like many fans, I was very insecure about this change. I didn't know what to expect because, honestly, I really love Chucky. So I was very, very, very insecure about it because um, Chucky was one of the reasons I fell in love with Akai Cohen. Oh. So I wasn't sure what to think. But the band has proved to me that it's possible, it can work, 
and it really really worked out i can't begin to explain <laughs> this experience because it was really unique to me mm. i still wasn't a big fan mm. i was just getting to know them here and there and as you said it was hard task to replace chiaki but obviously it took some time to reintroduce the band in its new shape they released just one mini album and only last year in 2020 they released the park which was their first full album with rico the new singer and also their last sadly at the end of 2020 the akaikon leader tsunomaisa passed away mm. and the band decided not to continue because i think a lot of fans would agree that she was the heart and soul of the band their main songwriter but also the center of the band yes so kaiko and decided to hold their last life in may this year and after this concert they disbanded yeah <laughs> it's just too hard for me to talk about it so uh i agree that she was such a, an important existence to the band that to continue without her, it wouldn't be Akaikoen anymore. This is something the members have said as well. An Akaikoen without Tsunomaisa can't be Akaikoen, like there is no Akaikoen without her. Yeah. So, yes, as sad as it is, they decided to, to disband. Yes, but I think The Last Life, which we both got to watch from our homes, was a very fitting tribute for Maisa and for the band's history. For The Last Life, they invited several guests. Yes, uh, it, it was such a good live. It was both online and also people could go there, so, you know. It's such an amazing experience that I never thought uh, I would have. Watching The Last Live of one of my favorite bands online. Seeing it, like, in real time, as it was happening, that was something I think we both got to experience first time in our lifetime. Yes, it's different when we watch the live as it happens. I really felt like I was there. It was uh, an amazing experience that I'm never, never gonna forget. Sadly, it's a very sad situation, but also just as I was watching it, I could only think that I, I really loved this band. It also wasn't very easy for us international fans. I think I never told you this, but since it was like in the middle of the day for me, I had to like say at my work that I'm busy for three hours and please don't bother me. That's how I got to watch it at my home. Ah, uh, really? <laughs> I see. Uh, well, yeah, I can understand that. I had to wake up really early in the morning <laughs> to watch the last live, which is a little weird, but it worked out. Mm. And it's, this is how I started my day on May 28th. And also their last live called The Last Live, The Park, was also their last released on September 29th. It was a Blu-ray and a Blu-ray set. There were two versions. And uh, the Blu-ray set is very interesting because it not only has the, the last live, but also all of their MUVs since Brico joined the band. And also 
It has an extra CD with demo songs that we never listened before by Tsunomaisa. It's actually titled, I think, Tsunomaisa Demo Collection. And uh, I'm very, very excited to, to listen to that. Yeah, and you're also forgetting the second Blu-ray, which is actually The Last Life with Maisa from last year, right? Yes, the, their first online concert was last year. It's gonna be great. I hope so. I will get my very soon. Alright, so we talked briefly about the history of the band, time to introduce the members. Yes. Who should we start with? I think Tsunomaisa, the leader and the main songwriter. Yes, Maisa! <laughs> like Red said, Tsunomaisa was the leader of the band and she did the songwriting of most of the songs. And, well, Tsunomaisa was just amazing. And actually, she wasn't always a guitarist. She started by playing the piano as a kid. And then when she was in high school, she would play as a support member for other copy bands. You know, copy bands is a band that play covers of other famous bands like Tokyo Jihan. And also she was the last one to join the band. Yeah, she had a bit more experience before joining the band. Uh, and she was also one year older than the rest of the members, so she was their senpai, as you could say, at school. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have drummer, Tagawa Nao. She had a great sense of rhythm, very talented drummer. She started by playing uh, electronic organ. She sang most background vocals, so very reliable drummer and band member. And then we have Fujimoto Hikari who's the bassist of the band, and she's pretty amazing. She actually used to play for a hardcore band called World in the Silence. She uses many um, pedals on her, on her bass, and so there are many effects, and it, it sounds really, really crazy and unusual for a bass, so her style is pretty unique and sometimes very loud. Yeah, when I first discovered Akai Coin, it was kind of there was this bassist who was like always smiling and you know just dancing on stage, but then her bass would be just like screaming, like it did really great. Yes, and you know what? She's also left-handed. <laughs> oh, wait! I never realized that. <laughs> And the funny part is that the, the reason why she plays the, the, the normal, let's say, the, the right-handed bass is that she didn't know there were, like, uh, basses for people who are left-handed. That makes me respect her even more. Right. As we mentioned earlier, Hikari and Nao were the two members that started the band. And they did that in high school, actually. They met in high school and they had this... they were part of a... Uh, like music clubs, and that's how the band started, basically. And then we have the vocalist, Sato Chiaki, who were a part of the band for seven years. Her vocals were very strong, very emotional. 
her voice very versatile. She could sing really difficult notes, and it looked like it was very easy for her. And it's funny you mentioned that it looks easy because、uh, there are some interviews that Jack says that it was very difficult. <laughs> Singing for a Kaiko and was so difficult that sometimes he was like, "Oh my God, there is just there is another difficult thing for me to try." But the thing is, she always did it wonderfully.、Uh, as we said, she left the band in 2017 and has since started her solo career under the name. Chiaki,、uh, which is wrote in katakana, just Chiaki, and it's slowly moving forward. She has released a、uh, first mini album、mm. or EP, was it? Yes. I think you could call it mini album、uh, this year. So there is a chance we might see more from her in the future. I hope so. Let's hope so because, <laughs> yes, her voice is really, really amazing. I hope more people can hear it. Yeah, I feel the same about it. And I also had, want to add one thing. Well, we said her name is Satochiaki, but you know, the fact that she started her solo career as Chiaki might have some reason behind it, because we already have a Satochiaki <laughs> as a solo artist right now. It's、uh, Satochiaki from band Chinokotekoku. They're both Satochiaki, which is amazing. Yeah. I was always wondering what would happen if they met in one room. Like, would the world explode, or what would happen? I was also always wondering the same. And actually, they did meet. The, there's a, an Instagram story that they are meeting each other and they are like tagging each other. And I think Chiaki, Kaiko and Chiaki, says something like, "Oh, I, for a moment I thought I was tagging myself." <laughs> But you know, they're written in different.、Oh. Ways, so you can know from that. It it was like meeting of two popes, kind of <laughs> something like that, maybe. And lastly, there's the the last member to join. After Chiaki left the band in 2017, then came the second vocalist, Ishino Riko. So Riko joined the band in 2018, and she's an ex-idol from idol group Idol Renaissance. Her voice is very different from Chiaki's. Like、uh, the way she expresses herself,、uh, her stage presence—it's everything is very different from Chiaki's. But it's very captivating. Like her way of singing, like she, she's she's great as well. She's so different, and yet she fits Akiko Wen so well. I I can't understand how this is possible, but I was blown away by her, and. I think it's it's impossible not to love Riko. Like if you don't, I you you're just wrong, because this is not how things go here. <laughs> yeah, she definitely had very powerful presence. Like when when I first watched the live from last year,、mm. and I saw them perform with Riko, she had this like attitude, like look at me, this is me singing, and I will sing for you. Yes.、Mm. It's like she was there always. That's right. It didn't feel out of place at all. Like she fit right in the band. And actually, in some interviews from the time she joined the band, that's what she said. That when she she was very insecure also to join a band. Like everyone is so much older than her, and she was still in high school and she didn't know them. But when she met them, 
like it was very natural like everyone was very kind and everyone was uh, got along very nicely you know so it really it was the the, the same year that the, her group had disbanded and akai Koen was looking for a vocalist at the same time it's like you know fate or something yeah because it took a bit of time before they released the first full album they definitely bonded and you could see on the photographs that they posted that they were hanging out just like uh, friends from the same class but in fact they were there was a, a difference of almost eight years between them yes this, it's almost unbelievable right mm. and i also want you to tell that story again how she hmm. auditioned for the band because that's a great story yeah that's a great story actually that it's so funny that when i first heard about it uh i just burst out laughing because i couldn't believe this could happen like it doesn't even sound real it sounds like something out from an anime or something because like we mentioned she was still in high school at the time right so akai koen was looking for a vocalist so you know some people had to send their auditions and uh, they were asked to record themselves like singing uh like uh, on karaoke or i don't know like playing you know the way they wanted to do it so anyway the one who told rico about the auditions was actually baseball bears koide the vocalist and guitarist who's also tsunomai's friend and the band's she just had to record herself and send that to the band. But that's pretty simple, right? You know, it's not difficult. But I think um, the funny thing is that she didn't do it the way the other ones did it. So everyone, the most people, send their videos with that you could clearly see their faces singing and play the guitar and all that. And you could clearly hear their voices with karaoke or, you know, it's just, you know, how it's supposed it to be. But the, the way Rico did it was, yeah. when they watched it, they, they thought it was this, like a little strange because you couldn't see anything. There was something dark, but also something white. And then they could listen to, to her voice, but they could also listen to a little bit of Chiaki's voice because she was singing <laughs> over the, the, the CD. But you couldn't see her face at all because she didn't think that this was necessary. She just uh, put her phone on her pillow and then she started singing. She didn't think she would have to... She didn't think that you'd need to see her face. So basically she made every mistake possible auditioning for a singer of a popular band, right? Yes, and yet she was the chosen one. Mm. So it was fate after all. Yes, it, I guess it was kind of fate. Um, when the band decided that Rico was the one to join the band, they were not on the same room. Like they were, each of them were in their houses, and they watched the video, and all of them thought, "Yes, this is the one," and they told each other that. They, you know, it wasn't something they decided together. All of them like her better, so she got in. Amazing. And just to remind everyone, at the time she was chosen, she was only 17, so... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, anyway, so she was very, very young. And to be honest, there is a, a very underrated joke about it that every time I try to tell the joke, no one finds it as funny as I, as I do. It's, it's very sad. Hmm. Oh. Because when she got in, she was so young. Like, so, so young. She, she looked like a child. So I used it, at the time, I used it to call the band a little differently. Because, you know, the band's name is Akai Koen, oh. but I would call them Wakai Koen. Oh. Because Wakai means young, so it's a, uh, you know, young part. Oh. I approve of the joke. It's funny, right? I, I got a few chuckles. <laughs> okay then, let's move on. So now we're gonna start with the second part of our podcast, the Tunomaisa special. Yeah, yeah so uh, October 2nd would be Maisa's 30th birthday. She was born in 1991, mm. which is uh, why we wanted to make this special. And uh, we talked a lot about Akai Kwan in the first part, so let's focus on her roots, her family her musical history. Uh, Should we maybe sing her happy birthday? Um, won't we get a copyright strike for this? Eh? Happy birthday? Really? Yeah, it, it's complicated. Well, about her name, like her last name is Tsuno mm. and her, her first name is Maisa, right? Right. But Maisa isn't a very common Japanese name. Actually, it's the first time I see it in, in, in a Japanese person. I don't know if, if there is any other, but it's a very common name in Brazil. Oh. So, when I, I first got into Akai Koen, I actually made a research about Tsuno Maisa. I was thinking, maybe she's like, she's half Brazilian or something like that. But no, she, she isn't. I mean, I don't think she is. But that was very interesting because it's the first time I saw the name Maisa uh, outside Brazil. Mm. And especially in Japan. It's a very uncommon name. And there is a joke about it. All right. She talks about her name as Kome Saku. Yeah, because of kanji. Mm, because the kanji use it. It's, uh, the, it's the kanji for Kome, for rice, right? And the second one is the first kanji on saku, mm -hmm. bloom, right? Hanaga saku. Hi. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's very interesting because her Twitter handle is kome underline suck yes. in English. Suck. <laughs> S-U-C-K. <laughs> and I, I spent a long time looking at that and, and thinking, what does this mean? <laughs> what? Like she, she's sucking rice or something like that. I I couldn't understand it, but it's just a 
it's just a play on words and it's it's very um very fun i think i i really like this kind of play yeah very clever joke she was born and raised in a very musical family like her mother played the piano and her grandfather is a composer and her father is also a composer like herself but her father also plays the bass and um, she has two older brothers and one plays the guitar and the other plays the drums so everyone was playing something and there were times that they were all playing at the same time and together like a session that's the the kind of place she grew up and uh, i think it's easy to understand why she came to love music so much yes and i think she first started playing piano actually right that's what she first learned but then she uh mm. on the band she ended up playing the, the guitar yeah and it was very fresh experience for her right i don't remember if we talked about it in the first part but uh, she started playing guitar around the same time she joined kai Kwan. and in the beginning she apparently used to play only with two fingers so it was a very slow start but uh, mm. she made a really good progress in just a few years. If you hear the album from 2014, so that's like four years after she joined. She has her own playing style. It's a very Tsunomaisa kind of playing, right? Yes. Uh, so when I think of her mm. guitar style, it's like a very good combination of rhythm and lead guitar. Like she could do both parts in just one song. Mm. And uh, when Kaikon started, she had this very distinct sound with like this delay and uh, reverb, very, very spatial sound, which I fell in love with. Uh, but uh, I think uh, that she really wanted to explore the sounds, like every every next album, she would create some something different. And even the, in the last album, when I first heard the single uh, Yumeo Tutsu, that first guitar sound was like, whoa, someone <laughs> created that. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a, there's an interview that uh, the, the interviewer talked about it, that they, they tell myself this. I had never heard that sound on a guitar. Like, <laughs> where did you find it? How, why, why did you put it in? Um, like, why? <laughs> it was like, you know, I really, I really mm. like it, but how did you come up with it? How did you think it? And she just couldn't stop laughing because it's really, <laughs> you know, it's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny sound. Um, and I agree. I, I don't remember yeah. seeing something quite like that. Mm, and even earlier uh, in some songs like Aun, mm -mm. she would make those weird like alien-like sounds so despite being someone who started on piano and just learned guitar very very uh late you could say also because uh, like we said before at first day uh, she would play on like a, a sport guitarist for uh copy bands you know mm -hmm. bands who would make yeah yeah play covers of other bands so at some point she would play uh, at a band that would play lots of uh, Tokyo Jihen songs. Mm. And uh, she really liked Ukigumo from Tokyo Jihen. Okay. And uh, 
the band had no keyboard, so no piano. So she had to play that part on the guitar. So there was this talk about playing the guitar as if you're playing the piano. Oh. And you, you can kind of see a piano in her guitar. Mm. Uh, she evolved as a guitarist pretty quickly. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and she would compose on the piano first and then she would transfer it to the guitar. So that might explain something too. But also, like you said, mm -hmm. she used a lot of things on the guitar, like a lot of different things. Like, you know, there is a song that she hits the guitar. So she tries a lot of different things. And that's, uh, that's really fun. As, as a listener, I think it's really fun to listen. Uh, a fun guitar to listen. Yeah, exactly. And you said that uh, she was writing songs on piano and guitar. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, she was uh, the main songwriter for the band, uh, and she she wrote all of the music and like 99% of the lyrics. So Akaikon was basically her idea. Yeah, she her composing style is also very particular. Like you can see, it's her song even when she composes for other artists. You know, you can uh, feel yeah, yeah. it's a tsunomaisa song. There is a a certain kind of chord progression that it's so her. So she like it to play, uh. like to explore the sounds more. And also, since we're talking about it, her lyrics are very particular as well. Like. It sometimes is very difficult for me to understand some of her lyrics and I thought, yeah, I mean, my Japanese is not that good, I guess, I have to study more. And while that is true, I have been talking to Japanese fans a lot and they don't understand most of her lyrics. It's the same thing, because they, were, they are very poetic and uh, they have a lot of references and easter eggs and you know, it's a, a lot of metaphors, so it's you have to do some research to understand. And I think it's actually pretty interesting because I've had so many talks about her lyrics on Twitter with Japanese fans, like we're trying to decipher what she's trying to say and the results are always very impressive, how one lyric is linked to the other, you know, it's uh, like she was great with words. Yeah, so, well, I tried translating some of the lyrics, and <laughs> indeed they were very poetic. Sometimes I felt they are a bit personal, but at the same time very abstract. Like w the one I'm thinking of right now is Katamari. I was thinking the same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, not to mention this is very punch in the face song, but. <laughs> Yes, and she said it herself that the lyrics can be quite dark, the, the Katamari ones, but it, they are very abstract. Yeah, and oh, never mind. <laughs> but some of her lyrics are pretty clear. Like, for example, the one, the one song you mentioned before, the Yume, Yume Utsutsu. Oh. They have some metaphors, but since it was a song about the band, um, she said it herself that songs that are about the band, they have clear lyrics. Like It's not like she can't write clear lyrics, she just uh, chooses not to, right? 
Yes. Another thing about Misa is that she was a real music maniac. Like she was so passionate about music. It made many of her fans more interested not only in Kaikuan but the music in general. Like uh, people call her music otaku because of it. Like otaku is a very strong word, but in her case, it was justified, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, she also had a radio show on NHK uh, called You Gata Paradise, where she talked about music. And I know that you happened to listen to it a lot in the past, right? Mm, it's a very interesting show because uh, she not only talked about her preferences, but she talked about music in general. And she was also. Uh, finding new music and recommending new music and interviewing musicians and it could be noticed uh, from the way she talked about music that she really enjoyed it that she really liked music and also that she really liked radio <laughs> she was someone who really loved radio shows yeah I actually when when I discovered that she had this radio show it was a bit um, surprising for me because when I first got to know Akai Cohen, I learned that the members are pretty shy and like not very social, but I guess when it comes to music, maybe Misa was a bit more open. How do you see that? I think it's, it's something I can relate to, to be honest. I can relate to myself because I'm also very shy, even if it maybe doesn't sound like it. But I love talking about music and this is why I, I wanted to start this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I guess the love for music makes you makes you want to do things. And in her case, she she was great at it. But also, Akaiko and used to have uh, to be in a radio show before Yugata Paradise. Like the four of them oh. had a radio show. But uh, it's that's really difficult to <laughs> to understand if you're not Japanese because, wow, they are so noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with four members like this. Mm. <laughs> but I, I bet it was very funny. It was very funny. They are all very shy, but also they're very talkative. And they really get along well together. Well, that's what other artists would say about them. That it's a band mm. that got along very, very well together. If you listen to this radio show, it's so... It's like, it's a mess. <laughs> but in a good way, you know? It's so funny. Mm. But it's wow! It's uh, it's difficult to understand because they keep talking, and the, the talk just goes to places you wouldn't imagine. But I think Misa's case, she was more controlled here, so <laughs> it was really nice to listen. And uh, some of the episodes are up on YouTube because I think some some fans have uploaded it. So if anyone wants to listen, you can just look up Yugata Paradise, Yugata Paradise, and then you can listen to, to her radio. But anyway, um, she not only composed for Akai Koen, and like we talked before, but she also composed for other artists. For example, she composed for his map, and that's really a big thing. Because that's how Akaikoen had the first, let's say, the breakthrough. 
because even from the start to the end of Akaikoen, they would also they, they would always be referred to as Tsunomaisa who composed the song for Snap. It's something that's always been said. Yeah. And in case you're wondering, she composed Joy. And also for this song, a lot of composers sent their songs. Like it was some kind of contest, if I'm not mistaken. And among many people, she was the one who was chosen. And uh, she became really famous as the one who composed Joy. Yeah. But of course, she also composed to many other artists. Uh, and also they collaborated with some artists. Uh, as Akai Koen, they collaborated with ID Suzuki. Mm. Uh, and Maisa herself uh, also formed a musical unit called Wasabi with Taniguchi Maguro, a singer from Kanabun. Uh, the song was called Sweet Sit Sleep. Kind of a mouthful, but... <laughs> and Maisa was generally very respected uh, among Japanese musicians and also was gr good friends with a lot of them. For example, with Kida Motifo from Trico and Koide Yusuke from Baseball Bear, who both appeared at The Last Life for Kaikoen. So, to conclude, I guess, the Maisa was really big. And yeah, I guess she had many friends uh, in the music industry. She would interview a lot of them, and uh, in general, everyone would always say that she was, she was someone very loved. And that she was really nice, and basically, I, I haven't seen anyone say anything bad about her. Oh. So, when she died, a lot of those artists were on Twitter and other social media uh, talking about it, how they were kind of, you know, shocked about it, and how they were sad about it, and how they would miss her, and how they respected her, and how she would be missed as a musician as well, and as a person. So at that time, it was really clear how loved she was by by her friends and by other musicians who many of them hadn't met her, but they were saying that they, they wished they had met her and that they respected her from a distance. Yes, uh, I guess we reached that part where we have to talk uh, about what happened last year. Uh, so Maisa uh, sadly passed away on October 18th last year, 2020. She was 29 years old and uh, in October. Uh, and uh, it was believed to be a suicide. I think there was no other update about it. So safe to assume that it was just yes i i guess mm. it's it's safe to assume that um and it, it makes it makes me think you know about you know the whole discussion about mental health yes because it was it wasn't the first like uh, you could say a celebrity or a public person mm. suicide in japan this year yes it was was pretty bad it really makes you think that you know even for successful people like mental health is an important issue that you shouldn't ignore, even for people who you think might be rich, successful, 
happy on the outside, living a fulfilling life. There are some struggles, sometimes maybe even more. Yes, I see where you're coming from. Like, because some people think that because they are famous and because they they have talent and this and that, they wouldn't suffer from, they wouldn't have issues with mental health. But we're all humans, so everyone can have this kind of, of thing. Everyone can be uh, struggling. So it's important for us to remember that artists are also humans and you know to to understand that and to act like it i guess yeah and it's also great reminder for us we should really take our mental health seriously especially in times like this but mm -hmm. anytime you know it's okay to have problems to have some dark thoughts but in the end you shouldn't be alone with them I think for most people who suffer like really bad with mental health problems, they probably feel like they're alone and no one can help them. But yeah, it's a it's a hard topic to talk about. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think it's uh, things like these at times like these they are uh, the reminders of take it seriously. And it would be good if uh, if we could respect each other and support each other. I think this is the kind of world that I would like to live in. Oh. I also would like to be in a world where Maisa is alive, uh, but sadly that, that's not possible. And it's been almost a, a year and uh, I, 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 I don't know, I think I haven't fully recovered from that. Um, it's. Uh, I just want to say that uh, I want to be glad she she lived. I, I don't want to focus on her death so much, but the fact that she was born and that her music lives on. Uh, yes, exactly. I, I wanted to say that, you know, she's still alive in her music and in her fans uh, after after she died this year. Uh, a lot, a lot of fans left like flowers and gifts by the the red bench that's in the Tachikawa park because they have a, a red park right there is a red park in Tachikawa actually and they have oh. donated uh, a bench a red bench with their logo with the Akai Koen logo I really want to go there yes I think I think we can go there and one day we should meet them oh is that a promise I guess. <laughs> then let's do it, definitely. Mm. But yeah, it's become a very sacred place mm. in the last year for fans. Like a lot of them just come to the park and clean the area around the bench. That's how I feel that Maisa is still alive in us. Well, anyways, this is something that makes you, you think about the impact she had on people, on people's hearts. But also, I think a lot about the impact she might have had on, on Japanese music itself, like the musicians she met and people who look it up to her and the fans who also love music, I guess. I think many of the Akaiko and fans are music otaku as well. They are very passionate about music 
and that's really nice to see. I can relate to that. And at the time that this happened, there were so many articles about her, and uh, some weren't very good, I guess. I think we as fans were missing someone who actually talked about how important she was to, to, to Japanese music in general. And I think one person did that, uh, a Japanese person, wrote this article about Tsunomaisa that at the time it really comforted me because uh, I think I, that's what I, I wanted to say but the way it was written it was so beautiful and so touching that it actually comforted me and I, I want to say um, a quote from that article um, it goes like Akai Koen wasn't a band known by that many people, but it permanently pierced the souls of those who got to know and love them. And I think that's very much true. I think what she did with Akai Koen, it's a, it was a band so important to her. And uh, many people don't get into Akai Koen, that's understandable, of course. But when you actually get into it like we said before you can never leave but also yeah uh it kind of changes something inside you it uh it, it reaches your heart in a way that it's difficult to to explain even this is uh, an article on a business website actually on gendai business and it was written by murata kamome it's in japanese but if you feel comfortable, if like people who are listening feel comfortable with Japanese and confident enough, I really recommend reading that because it's a, a great article. They talk about her history or her, her style of composing. And, you know, it's, a, it's an article full of love. You can feel that as you read it, full of respect. And uh, I'm really thankful that um, it was written. That's what I wanted to say. Hmm. Exactly. And our way of showing our love and appreciation for Maisa and for the band is, you know, starting this podcast with an episode about them. We really want more people to know about them. We know that maybe not everyone will fall in love with them, but even if there's just one or two people whose life might change because of their music, then I think it's worth it. Yes, I completely agree with you. I think as fans, there is not much we can do, but uh, we can do at least this. So I want to do what I can to, to show, show love and appreciation for them and for Tsunomaisa, because I think they really deserve it and she really deserves it and also uh, I love them so much that I, I can't I can't keep inside myself I have to tell everyone about it there's also that that's understandable
So I actually wanted to finish this episode with some of our personal recommended songs. <laughs> if you're okay with it, nurse, what do you think? I I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> But surely you might have some songs in mind to recommend. Yes, I I have all of them actually. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so difficult for me to choose favorite songs because really I love them all. But sure, I guess if I were to recommend songs, mm, lately I feel like I'm very oh. into Highway Cabriolet from the Kiyanai EP. It's a song with their their new vocalist with Ishinoriko, and I I really love it. And I guess I I really like Number Six. I think this is a song that I've always liked. Um, so I'd really recommend listening to it. Number Six is from Akai Cohen's uh, early days, and it's such a fun song that I think it uh, completely mm. shows what Akai Cohen is. Mm. All right, then I think the other one I want to recommend is on like the middle, and uh, it's also a song that I really love, and it's. Short Hope. It's written in katakana. Short Hope. Uh, I really, really, really love this song. That's a fun song. I, I like it. Too. Uh, okay, uh, from me, and uh, I would start with uh, a song that I first heard from Akai Kwan. It's Imasara. It has a video on YouTube that you can check. It's a very fun song and very Playful video, <laughs> like, yeah, it it left very big impression on me when I first watched it. So, I really really recommend it. My second pick would be a song called Sonatine from the Park, the latest album with uh, Ishinoriko. It's a very beautiful song, really. If you want to hear some slower, like more mellow songs, I think this is a good choice. And for my last pick, I think I would choose uh, also uh, an old song, which is called Fukuryuen from their early days. And it's a song just full of emotions, and Misa's guitar is really beautiful on it. So it's it's a song that I fell in love when I first started listening to Akaiko, and so it's a very special song for me. And I really, really want people. To hear it, that was nice.
So that concludes our Kaikoen and Tsunomaisa special. Thank you for listening this far. Uh, we were a bit nervous, but we had a lot of fun. At least I had. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. Uh, I also had a lot of fun. Um, of course, I would have fun. I, I love talking about music, and, and uh, I love talking about the, the music that I love. So I really, I really wanted to do this, and I, I really, really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, of course, you're welcome to listen again if you feel like it, because we do think about uh, other future podcasts. Yes, today was obviously a special episode all about mm -hmm. Akai Kwan, but uh, in the future episodes we hope to talk more about some other artists, maybe some, some new artists or maybe some unknown artists that we find along the way and want to show to the world. Who knows? We are also starting our Twitter account for the podcast. It will be at now on air podcast. Uh, and we will drop some music videos, maybe some links to the interviews, articles, whatever we think uh, you would want to listen or to read after listening to our podcast. So please check it out. And we hope to meet you again when the next episode is now on air. Why didn't you say it with me? Was I supposed to? Oh, okay, okay, let's do that. Oh, whatever. Go, go do that again. And let's meet again when the next episode is now on air. Air, air, air. Ha ha ha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs>